Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory. Today is July 25th, 2019. It's a Thursday. Um, I'm kind of excited today because I get to go and volunteer um, today and tomorrow. I don't know how I feel about it, though, because it is North Dakota. I'm kind of used to the cold weather and I'm not really feeling their hot weather and hot here is 73 degrees so far. So <laughs> I'm used to the negatives and cozying up by my fireplace, but it'll soon be over because, uh, you know, there's only two seasons here. What is it? Uh, winter and road work season. So that's going to be up soon. I mean, in the evening when I'm outside, I can smell fall in the air. Sands the pumpkin spice. All right, so what do we have going on? I mean, we have the Mueller tragedy for the Democrats. Uh, what is their next step? That's a good question to ask. But I think we need to revisit things that I've talked about last year. And this is executive orders. And this is how people will understand how this Mueller investigation came to be. You know, I've talked about it last year. I've written uh, tons of articles on TorySays.com uh, depicting how these executive orders were weaponized and the two executive orders that I've talked about again and again and again in December of 2016 that were done. And these were uh, drafted and done and the last one obviously was signed in January. And I've always tried to make it clear that these executives or these executive orders that were signed by by the Obama administration at the nth hour were all to create the foundation and the groundwork to allow them to petition to the Supreme Court, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, to annul President Trump's election and or delay his inauguration based on whatever you know, manufactured evidence, one may say, they had. This was very thoroughly done, uh, and it did start in September of 2016 and when, uh, for the first time, the FISA judge, Collier, right, the one that signed the FISA warrants in September was also the same judge that realized that they were surveying, monitoring, and collecting information illegally through loopholes of Section 702, through the upstream. I've said this until I'm blue in the face. And it seems that everyone keeps going back to, oh, Hillary made the dossier. The dossier 
was just the visible portion. Okay, they were using clues that they could find from the illegal spying in order to draw. I mean, when you tell a good lie, right, you need to have what? A little aspect of truth. And so their truth was from the monitoring. Their truth was from putting it together and then manufacturing this dossier and then not only using that dossier to put President-elect Trump, and then uh, obviously after that, President Trump, into a box. But it was beneficial to them because it also helped them expel any issues of the server and the leaks and the emails and the missing emails and classified information. So they bundled it all up into one, claiming it was Russia. So two birds with one stone for them. They thought they had control of everything. They did. They really did. But they didn't calculate just how many American citizens in positions throughout the nation, teachers, doctors, contractors, secretaries, administrative assistants, let's say that, right? Because we need to be a little bit PC, right? Project managers, accountants, IT guys, janitors throughout the nation. They did not calculate that these patriots would come in. And you know what's really funny? The stuff we have on them is incredible. And you would think, oh, um, they should be in jail. We need to lay this out. We need them to implode. You know, people need um, to remember how things panned out. So back in November, I was telling you guys about how um, we had, um, what is it called? No, I I shouldn't use that term because it's too revealing. Let's put it this way. President Trump swears in he's president. His people which is us, the Patriots, have advised him through different channels that there was a spy at the U.S. Embassy in Russia. This spy was a Russian national. He didn't arrest them. No, he monitored. He arrested them in August of uh, 2017. Obviously, the news were reported exactly a year later because that is how good we keep things under wraps when we have a good team, when we have a proper team, when we don't have liars and leakers, right? Now, this Russian national that was spying had access to everything at the embassy. Transfers, flight details, envoys going in and out, you know, access to the Social Security Administration base, Secret Service, the whole nine yards. But, you know, in the article, if you guys look at it um, in 2018, when it was actually finally reported, uh, you'll realize that they say, oh, there was no security. No, 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 no. It's because they needed to find a specific linguist, a very specific linguist. And business being conducted by a company called Fusion GPS. Now, as a linguist myself, you know, you have to think, 
how would you find the right people, right, that are responsible for covert activities, not covert on behalf of the U.S. government, but against the U.S. government portraying that they're part of the U.S. government. Make sense? And the way you do it is by monitoring their, their spies, so their um, covert assets, let's say. So this Russian national, of course, being in Russia and having been entrusted with spying on Americans, which obviously then in turn she would be spying on what? The Americans for the Russians too. We, we can't say that isn't the case. We can't think that a Russian national with a job at the U.S. Embassy would just collect information and intelligence and hand it over to the U.S. I mean, she's Russian after all, right? Where's that ambassador to Russia? He was fired too. And he wrote this really salty op-ed in the Moscow Times about President Trump. And the funny thing is, that ambassador has two daughters that work at the State Department. And they make a lot more money than other people. And they're all really good friends. You know, there's this guy named Bruce. He's like chubby, a loser, you know, very... um. Very beta, right? He's a beta guy. He's kind of soy. And he met a woman, a linguist, a powerful feminist, one that doesn't shave her armpits. You know, she's an intellectual. She, you know, wears her Birkenstocks and never, you know, gets a pedicure. Her name is Nellie. She whips him into submission. She's in a lot of trouble. Because again, our embassy in Russia was nothing more than an extension of the corrupt clown agency. The, uh, uh, what would you say? The clown agency, the central agency. I don't even want to call them intelligence because they are not. We have great IC assets, IC elements that are not part of that group. That needs to be gutted. One executive order. Well, we're getting rid of the CIA. Thanks. Bye. Because we can train all these individuals that are coming in to specific sections of our intelligence community. We have people that monitor um, different things, right? We have the counterterrorism, IC, right? We have the... Um, Scientists and biologists, you know, that uh, use um, information to predict things like population, migration, right? We have people that actually look at exoplanetary, which means, you know, the territory like the satellites and the garbage and who's doing things and when they're doing things and how they're doing things. And if this is positioned there, then that's position. You know, we have a lot of smart people and they're all different little groups in the intelligence community. We also have like these really insane research type analysts where they pool a lot of information and I would say um, 
create databases to see how predictive crime is happening, which is really bad, right? Because you can never predict human nature. I've said that how many times? That is one thing we cannot predict is how humans will respond. And this is why people that like to predict stock market things, right? So they're playing the stock market, they're investing, and they're putting in all these algorithms and they claim to say, well, we can forecast. No, you can't because it's people that drive what? Their local community, their expanded community, and their nation. And if people, if there's suddenly an uprise, boom, your stock will tank. But you don't know that because you don't know people. Now, you can have intelligence to predict, but you don't know. You don't know if a guy working at Intel, for example, uh, you know, decides to put in, you know, something that monitors people in the chips. Just saying. And then it gets found out. Intel tanks can't predict that right I'm just giving like wide examples so what the Democrats I can't say Democrats I have to say the fourth unelected branch of government doesn't seem to understand that they didn't predict correctly and the thing is is that people that hold the keys to the kingdom to take them all down all of them is a human right they're human. They're all human. And a lot of them are betas. Beta men are men that submit to alpha women. Beta men are probably the ones you're going to find in underground clubs, you know, getting whipped or on all fours, you know, on the extreme end and being pulled by leashes, right? Beta men um, are very submissive. But beta men when paired with their alpha will do anything will throw anyone will annihilate and 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 even sell their mother to save their alpha and see so the one thing that i see trending today is the clinton body count and i'm really surprised bruce beta is still alive not only is he alive he's still working within the division that is actually hunting down his alpha hunting down we already got his alpha the thing is how do you not nail that alpha because he would be willing to swap places instantly now i've said this before right uh, nelly Orr has been wrapped in a bow since like forever in a day when we got the russian national spy that was planted the asset the double asset right one for russia one for the u.s that was working within our u.s embassy and you have to remember how did they get the information over oh my gosh so is it through the ambassador yes but how through his children yes because his children work with what oh that's right beta see we're all investigating uh you know down in dc everyone's like oh my gosh let's check we're gonna find this we're gonna find emails you know and they're looking at things that they shouldn't they're in the wrong place it's like, you know, it's like when you're playing hide and seek and you throw a ball across the room so someone goes over there so they don't find you, right? Uh, this is what the deep state has been doing. They've been chucking fires and chucking documentation in corners. So you go there and you hunt there when it's the wrong place to look. So here, how do you, what do you do? Think about it this way. If you know you have information to tackle Miss Orr, do you just tackle Miss Orr 
on her own or do you create a deal with or to take down a nest of networked people within your state department you know that are linked to the former ambassador to uh you know um of the usa in moscow you know teft right what how do we do that like what do you do do you take out that network or do you just take out nelly Orr? that's what you got to decide and this is where brucey boy is jumping in you better be sure that he is singing like a bird he is the one that is telling them everything because you know brucey boy was the one that was the go-to guy he was the one getting the paperwork and a lot of people are like oh did your wife send it to you like from fusion gps no she's not that stupid Fusion GPS would send it to other people and other people that were connected to the ambassador of Moscow would then send it to him. Yeah, there were a few communications from Nelly Orr, but they were indirect going around and around and around. You know, it's kind of like your VPNs, right? Don't they bounce so people can't trace it back? They trace it to one server and then it bounces to another server. And then and then where are they? Right. That's what you have to think about. It's all about that. And they thought they had everything done. They thought they had everything connected, but they didn't. What they didn't realize is that were, there were so many eyes on them. There were so many people able to pull it out, meaning to draw out the actual things that were necessary. You know, yesterday we saw questions about uh you know the russian um lawyer and the meeting with don jr right you know what really sucked and i was like yelling watching it was why didn't anyone say hey you know this russian attorney that came and they said that they were going to talk about adoptions right she was not allowed to come into the united states at all she was denied entry into the United States. But for some reason, the Attorney General of the United States, Loretta Lynch, issued a writ to override what Homeland Security had said. And she entered the country. And here's another thing. It just so happened that you had tapped Manafort's phone on that very day listening to the whole thing so if you have it recorded why are we making assumptions why not roll it out that's what people aren't talking about this is what should have been done this is what should have been discussed nope it wasn't I mean we had great talking points right we had great questions put out but when someone brought up that Russian attorney it should have been asked did you know that Loretta Lynch overrode you know the Homeland Security recommendation and Border Patrol said that she could not enter the country her visa was denied and instantly the Attorney General of the United States intervened and got her a visa why wasn't that discussed and one would say well I don't know maybe a lot of people don't know it huh, yeah they do because it's recorded and they have that stuff and also they could have talked about what I've been talking about 
The 702, section 702 violations with the upstreams. That's like a huge, you know, just array of monitoring. It's like umbrella surveillance. Everyone is there. You, me, Flynn, President Trump, his kids, his nannies, uh, you know, his cleaners, his bellhop, everyone is monitored. So why hasn't that been called to the carpet? I've written about it. I've talked about it. In September of 2016, They were spanked by Collier. Collier, the hypocrite, who shouldn't even be in a seat at the FISA court, right? She shouldn't even be there. That bench should have been pulled out her tush the minute she signed that first FISA warrant. She did a memorandum. She wrote a memorandum of opinion in 2016. I wrote about this over a year ago through Big League Politics, where she had spanked Clapper, Lynch, And Comey, Comey for using the information, Lynch and Clapper for not correcting the situation. Talked about this before, how they were just surveying everyone. It was like this huge freaking shield, huge just umbrella surveillance. We're just going to cover everyone. And you know what they were saying? Oh, yeah, it's an algorithm problem. We're just accidentally collecting all these people's information and we just can't purge it. Because like I've told you before, 72 hour upstream, I mean, for 72 hours, every single email, every single call, text, uh, you know, DM, whatever you want to do, anything that has to do with communication that you're sending out is captured. And it sits like picture it in like a bucket. And it sits there for 72 hours. Every 72 hours, it gets purged. For some reason, there were communications of just everyone surrounding President Trump and Cruz, right? Ted Cruz, right? Those two. Cruz. Hmm. And anyone in his orbit, no matter how far they are, yourself, myself, anyone that was in the orbit, sat in that sink but was never purged. Never purged purge they just sat there in this protected umbrella of the you know shooting down of the inform how many times have I said this right this is where it started the dossier was then further manufactured you know to support that because when did they start this surveillance (laughs) a long long time ago see if President Trump decided that he's going to be running for president they already know and they knew in 2012 right right around Thanksgiving when he filed you know to trademark make America great again they knew they knew so they started And then, you know, this is where we get into Admiral Rogers from earlier. This is where we get into patriots that set things in motion in late 2014, early 2015, monitoring, contacting, dropping hints, moving things along, sending information saying, look, this is going on because this bucket is not only been held and it's not being purged, but we got the FBI and CIA assets, right? analyzing the data that they're holding illegally. So this is where it started. You know, I I saw a lot of people say, well, where did this start? Did it start with the dossier? No, the dossier was like the, 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 the blanket to make the bed nice, right? You can have a mattress, but you also need the bed frame, the pillows, right? And everything. The mattress was the illegal surveillance over years, you know, on um, President Trump. And then uh, afterwards, obviously, Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz, they've got insurance on him. You know, I've said it before. He's great at his rhetoric now, kind of like Mark Levin, right? Loves selling his books. Love, love. But he hates 
and he loathed Trump. Me and him got into it during the election cycle. Totally blocked me because he is a, you know, he's a little girl because he doesn't like truth. Same thing with Cruz. He's a little girl, but you know what? He's coming on board because he's eyeing 2024, man. He's like, look, they were spying on me too. That means I'm a threat to the deep state. Vote for me when he's like super deep state, super old school. So keep your keep your eggs not in one basket, okay? I'm just telling you. He's great for whatever he's doing now. He's serving his purpose, but he's not for 2024 like he's eyeing up right now, guys. I'm telling you this now because it's going to come forward. You know, he's going to come forward for 2024. You watch. And he's going to be like, well, look, they were surveying me because that means I was a threat. No, they were surveying you because they wanted to make sure she was going to win. Okay. They were surveying you because they wanted her to win. How do you think everybody found out about the wife and this and that? And, you know, your connections with other people, Canada, it's, it's the Clintons. It's the, it's the fourth unelected branch that flipped on you, just like they flipped on McCain when he ran against Obama because it wasn't his turn. And they said, no, that's not your job. You sit there. And he's like, why not? I put in my Tom. I'm, you know, a creep just like all of you. I should be up there. Right. This is how it happens guys they play these charades but it's a power struggle within their gang that's all it is so again what we saw yesterday was nothing we were talking about the aftermath the aftermath to make it more visible it's like you're doing all these things under it's kind of like this coding right you're coding a website nobody cares about your code nobody wants to look at your code what they want to look is at the pretty pictures the gifts the way you structured your layout what they see on the front end so the front end was the dossier the front end right was all that BS of the dossier and CrowdStrike and Fusion GPS and all these manufactured stories. On the back end, it was all the umbrella surveillance over a lot of American citizens that were in, in innocent and they would claim, oh, it's just an algorithm problem. We just can't fix it. So then when they were told that they needed to, to, to fix it by December, they said, oh, we still need more time, Judge Collier. We're really trying to fix it, but I think it has to do with human error. This is how long it was going on. So, you know, the Mueller charade, the dossier, it's all the front end of a website. It's the code we need to be focusing on. That's how it started. I'll see you all just after this break. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. 
Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for MyPillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. MyPillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable MyPillow is with its patented interlocking fill. MyPillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. MyPillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. MyPillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. MyPillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam sounds great right even better your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease if you're a u.s citizen between 50 and 80 you can get life insurance guaranteed It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, Welcome back, everyone, uh, to the Tory Says Show. So uh, just a recap, you know, the Mueller investigation, I want to make this clear, was recapping the front end picture, this whole Russia hoax as a website. All we saw were the pictures, the layout, the format, the articles, the, the GIFs, the ads. That's what we're seeing. This is what they're telling you about. And there's a lot there. You know, this ad came from here. This post came from here. This picture here. Yes, but it's the code we need to look at. We need to look at the code behind what we were seeing. And that code is the violations of the 702 violations that they had. Uh, I've talked about this numerous times. And again, I point to Judge Collier. She was the one that spanked them. She was the one that kept giving them extensions throughout 2015 and 2016 to fix it. Well, 2016 is when she was like, oh, you better fix this. And this is why certain people were fired, you know, and other people were slotted in and all this shift. And then in December, they had to like regroup. They had to go to London. They had to get more and more and more. They were following up on leads like crazy. Why? Because they needed to beef up what? Their FISA renewal. Because if you go to big league politics and um, go to big league politics backslash author backslash tour, uh, you're going to find an article where I tell you what's in the FISA applications and FISA warrants from over a year ago. And you watch me be right because everything they collected was from that. The NSA, okay, is huge. It is like a a bucket of a lot of icy elements. How many people do you think work for the U.S. government and said, this is just plain out wrong and were, you know, whistleblower type avenues are not the way you go. The way you whistleblow in cases like this is you have a cup of coffee 
with someone that you know, you trust, you served with, you worked with, you crossed paths with, you did anything and said, and you know, they're your friend and in confidence with, you know, your Faraday bag, sticking all your electronics in there in the middle of nowhere, you sit down and you have a discussion and you say, this is what's going up. I'll deny anything. I won't do anything. You will not be able to trace me if you flip on me. But this is what's going on. Give me guidance. That's exactly what happened. A bunch of contractors, a bunch of people that saw this had these coffee dates. They would, you know, in the year of, you know, 2015 and 2016 and 2014, fly out to places, you know, like, oh, I fancy going to the Grand Canyon. Oh, let me go to this resort, you know, I don't know, in California or in Arizona, you know, and let's talk. Bring your Faraday bag. This is how you get things done. You tell one person to tell the other person. Why? Because you notice that when this bucket is there and there's all this information and it's supposed to sit there, it gets extracted and gets put to someone else. And that information is analyzed and extracted, you know, so they, they don't take, say like, for example, in this upstream collection, right? They had communications from 10 people. That would be President Trump, General Flynn, you, me, your mother, Ivana, Ivanka, uh, I don't know, Baron Trump's Nintendo DS games, whatever, right? All that data. And so all that data with other junk data like yours, mine, or somebody else's information was removed or copied and then passed on to some other schmo. And that schmo had those 10 people and said, well, I'm just going to take from that 10. I'm going to take seven. And then that schmo to be undetected and not show that it's targeted to this one person or this group of persons would then pass it on to another schmo. And that schmo would have seven and say, Ooh, I'm only going to take four of these. And then it would pass it to the other schmo and then that schmo would take that and then they would realize from the data of these, you know, this block, this random, right, random accidental removal had other people in the orbit and they decided maybe this algorithm needs to capture things more. And then one would think, how is this algorithm implemented at that level to violate section 702 to bucket information or copy it and hold on to it and just specific targets you know you'd have to think about that for a second and i'll tell you how let's rewind to edward snowden what was his job his job was to pilot an algorithm that would help divert and store specific communications from all communications that were recorded. Do you remember that? Right. And then he ran away. So he was hired to do just that, to make sure that everybody's information is monitored, but also deploy the algorithm that would allow to, as this picture it like water going down. So you're pouring water, right? And that's all the data of everybody in the United States that is sending it out of the United States, within the United States, nobody cares. It's just upstream, right? Upstream means what I'm doing now where I'm talking to you is upstream, all right. You listening is not upstream. If you were to call me and talk, that would be upstream again. Right. So picture it like water. The algorithm that he created was not only to capture all the water and put it in a bucket, 
But it was also to be able to put a partition and selectively choose drops of that water to fall into another bucket. Um, but not a separate bucket, but a section within the main bucket. So then that way, when that bucket is emptied, only the one that is not in the separate section of that bucket isn't dumped okay so picture like um a false bottom to a bucket but only one section of it doesn't have the false bottom so when they open it after 72 hours to dump all that data all that water that specific selected water kind of just stays there incognito when that was realized that not all the data was being dumped you know that was when people were like well why isn't this data being dumped you know and, oh, maybe it's a mistake. Let's try to troubleshoot it. It can't because it's embedded in the original algorithm of collection of all information. Thank you, Edward Snowden. So I'm just trying to kind of put it down in a way where people can understand it better. This is what happened. Okay. This is exactly what happened. Now, and to finish, right, in regards to Mueller, we have to understand that yesterday's... Um, hearings were a fail because you know he was this guy that for some reason the mainstream media Jimmy Kimmel Saturday Night Live made into like this you know strong you know beefed up guy they even had remember they had comics about him right and he was like super strong and look at me I'm like the best and I'm gonna come and annihilate it's Mueller time you remember all these things how he was like he looked like he was you know totally lost and I told you that and he looked like he um was actually medicated a lot of people were like he had dementia and you know what was funny yesterday at the beginning of the show I had said like oh you know watch him watch them ask him like some stupid question like oh um who appointed you a U.S. attorney and watch him say something stupid like Bush when we know it's Reagan oh my gosh I cannot believe they actually asked him that question and he gave exactly the response I would say. So one would have to think Mueller's not retarded and yeah, he may be senile or he may have a tumor like McCain just saying, but you have to think he was involved in the uh, Enron cover up. He was involved in the abuse of national security letters and that was more highly specific to the uranium one. Remember, he was the one that transported the sample of uranium to Russia to inspect, to purchase, right? He was the one that um, f went to bat for Jeffrey Epstein um, and I think more so, not so much for the pedophilia, but for the uh, Ponzi scheme that was set up with the Clintons because a lot of people made bank on that. And then he was also the elected person to take down our president. Now, selected and elected by the deep state, by the old guard, by the fourth unelected branch. But we have to remember that Mueller has done this before with Comey together as a team when they did it to Bush. You know, when Bush 43 thought... I'm smarter than everyone else. I'm going to fix this. You know, with the 9-11, they were like, no, you're not. This is what you're doing. And he's like, well, I don't know. And remember John Ashcroft at his bedside. We don't even have to get into it again, right? So now we have the Democrats completely imploding because their major dude wouldn't give them anything. He wouldn't even speak or read because they would take that as a soundbite. Um, but... For me, uh, watching it back last night, 
I I usually I, I watched it without sound, without sound, um, and I I was paying attention to his body language. Man, he was really playing it off. So at first I thought he's like super medicated. He's a little bit slow. And yeah, I do think he got something for anxiety because see one trick that you have and that you learn is that when you're being interrogated or you have to come forward with things, uh, you know, muscle relaxers or uh, certain um, anti-anxiety medications actually retard uh, your body language. So you're difficult to read. Um, but his facial expressions were there I can tell you one thing for sure uh he was like really playing it dumb uh and he did that on purpose he wanted to look like he was clueless he wanted to look like he was slow but you could see the content and the anger that he had when they asked him certain questions that was key for me you know I saw him do some whatever face when they were speaking about certain people like George Papadopoulos or when, you know, they were like in, you know, about the Russians that it was fake guys. When Jim Jordan said these, you know, Russians that you indicted that, you know, we'll never, we'll never see. He was just like, he, he, if you look at his body language, it's like, what are you going to do about it? Really, really cocky. And it was so subtle. Like George Papadopoulos, he was just like, he's a loser. Like his face said it all. When they kept talking about misfit and is he an intelligence asset? That's where his butt was puckering. You know, that's where you could see he was uncomfortable. Like they shouldn't be doing this. We shouldn't be probing here. We shouldn't be on that thing. When Kelly Armstrong was telling him, you know, about you're not supposed to, it's not just about not being politically biased. It's also not making it look like you're politically biased. And if over 50% of your people are Hillary people, you had the guy that smashed Hillary's blackberries with hammers on your team. You had Hillary's former attorney that was covering for her with the email things when she was secretary of state on your team. You had Weissman that covered for her for Enron that was at her, you know, campaign thing, you know, the money, 40 grand, not a lot. We know they gave more and it goes through other back channels but regardless when he was saying that um you know uh, i could see detest like who are you little boy telling me i've served so long you better watch your step that is the look he gave kelly armstrong that is the look he gave jim jordan oh my gosh his nostrils were slightly flaring. He was so, he did not want to be asked questions by him. And when Nadler scolded someone, you know, time or whatever, you noticed a slight smile of satisfaction. Like, yeah, put them in their place. So it was a really, really um, calculated response, more so to keep him out of the hot water he's already in. Uranium One is being looked at and he's one of the key players. So it's not like he's going to be, you know, not in trouble okay now on um on more pressing things uh domestically first before we get into foreign which is all together i want to point out that when and this is for for what i'm going to talk about but in general when you um say you fill out a form right and you fill it out wrong you didn't know you were filling it out wrong. But because you filled it out wrong, it's a crime. 
right? But, you know, the thing is, what if you didn't know you were filling it out wrong, right? Is it really a crime? You know, that's, did you knowingly and willingly fill out that form erroneously, okay? This is what someone has to think of. Now, I urge you to go and read a Perkins Coy article. I want you to go to ToriSays.com, go into the little search bar there, and just type Perkins Coy. I want you to read that article. That will shed light on how the foundations of being able to pull off this fake dossier based on the back end of this whole Russia hoax you know, creation happened. It will tell you everything you need to understand on how CrowdStrike happened, how they concealed things, how no one got their hands on the server, and what weapons they used. Because one thing the Obama administration did was weaponize executive orders. They were not done to um, help the nation. They were done to become armor and shields from exposing them. So they knowingly and willingly committed these crimes, just like Ilhan Omar, which is not her name. It's not Omar and it's not Elmi. She knowingly and willingly came to the United States with falsified information. She knowingly and willingly defrauded our nation posing as a minor and getting benefits. She knowingly and willingly committed tax fraud. She knowingly and willingly infiltrated our nation for another reason. She was not fleeing from danger she was doing what she was trained to do. And I want to say on that, okay, I know a lot of people are on the fence uh, with um, Laura Loomer who exposed uh, Ilhan. And, you know, a lot of people are like, she's so radical. She's Islamophobic. She's this. Yeah, it comes off like that sometimes, doesn't it? Do you know that she's just 25 years old and it's 2019? And she's been doing this since when? Yeah, we're talking like 2015, 2016, right? So think about it. At the age of 21, 22, she changed the face of journalism. And when you're young like that, you get very passionate, very into it, very um, very loud. She's changed the face of journalism. She has changed the face of how we respond to candidates. Back in the day, it was all like, prim and proper and respect and he's a big businessman like that you know fat round clown Billy Long in Missouri such a clown the auctioneer oh he makes me sick to my stomach just seeing him so you know and he pretends to be a conservative so not um he was kissing you know um Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey's behind uh, like like no one else um we are now scrutinizing the people that represent us. That's something that we haven't been doing um, as active citizens in a long time. But I want to point something out to you guys. At the age of 25, she's changed the face of how we respond and how we investigate our um, representatives. The one thing she found in 2016 uh, during Ilhan's campaign was something off. Something that didn't click because we've had a lot of people that are of a Muslim faith that have run for office before, but no one ever attacked or um, bombarded them or constantly, incessantly researched them, right? Th because people are saying that she's attacked, Omar. 
What if you found out that Ilhan Omar was here to wreak havoc in your nation? How would you how would you respond? Would you be nice about it or would you be going full blown, you know, from zero to 100? Probably the latter, right? The things that are coming out, and I hope all of you are just looking at our site, lauralumer.us, the information that is coming out is pretty incredible. It is incredible. Uh, you know, I have a lot of sources for a lot of things. And uh, yesterday I shared with you guys through Twitter, and then I did a quick write-up on uh, lauralumer.us with Laura about how the Muslim nations are now questioning who Ilhan is and what her agenda is. And today I want to demonstrate that to you. I want to tell you what is really going on. And it is something that our nation, our um, Homeland Security know about. Do you remember when she was complaining with CARE how they have terrorist lists and they're all like Muslim nation terrorists and they're not making it transparent and they're hiding names or groups? There's a reason for that. What if I told you one of the most covert, one of the most covert on the planet, on the planet, terrorist cells had a very specific name and Barack Hussein Obama, oh, and it was, um, let's say, uh, this terrorist group was designated as a terrorist group by actual Muslim nations, okay? And it had its center in Kenya, and President Barack Hussein Obama had that name changed and then classified. And what if I told you that terrorist group name exists in almost every single state of our nation right now as a group, as a nonprofit group? What would you say? You'd be like, what? Mm -hmm. That's right. And then what if I told you that the majority of these refugees that CARE is bringing in are all coming from the nations of Kenya, Somalia, just the Horn of Africa, basically. Which, by the way, have this terror cell still operating. And you know what's funny? Yesterday, another bombing happened in Somalia. And this time it was with an American citizen, uh, UN envoy uh, James Swan, who was there, and he was the target, Al-Shabaab said so. Which is really weird because anytime like Al-Shabaab has attacks, they usually target government buildings all the time, right? But it's really hard for them to get through security. Like that doesn't happen because, you know, they all have machetes and guns and they, and they, they will not be like, well, I have to be really sure if I'm in threat before I, you know, uh, shoot someone. They don't, they don't have that in Somalia. They're just like, I'm just going to shoot. Done. I'm an officer and I'm protecting and I'll do it. But for some reason, this woman, the suicide bomber was able to penetrate the most ironclad security in that building to target our, you are American UN envoy there where they were discussing issues of what Al Shabaab mm, Al Shabaab is actually just, um, I would say a branch of the main center. So there's the picture terrorist is a terrorist groups. So it's like a bunch of them, right. That do stuff. And then there's the one group that trains and sends them off with specific missions and feeds those soldiers or those activists to the group, you know, of different terror cells 
that go around and actually execute, right? It is that group, that brain of terror that we would need to discuss today. And I'm going to demonstrate that to you without giving you the name of the group just yet, but I am going to tell you there's a group like that in Pennsylvania. There's a group like that in Maryland. There's a group like that in Ohio, group like that in Minnesota, group like that everywhere. And, you know, its biggest like promoter for that group is care, but they kind of try to stay away from each other. You know, they kind of talk about each other, but they don't really. And here's the thing. That group has been labeled a terrorist organization by our nation. So it has to make you wonder wonder, how did they create groups here? How did they put it out here? That's the question. So I've been having really great chats with a lot of think tanks across the Middle East and Europe to discuss these things. And you know, it all comes back to the Muslim Brotherhood, of course, and it all comes back to what is going on. Um, and it all comes back to what we're going to be discussing today in regards to the geopolitics of the Middle East. So the one thing I want to remind you guys is that I told you that Iran was really PO'd, right? Didn't I? About um, England stealing their ship, right? They stole the ship. They didn't have to take the ship, right? They stole it. Well, you're going to see how I was right, how it was all about that ship being stolen because it's their actual ship. The content of the ship and the crew wasn't theirs, but they owned the ship, you know, and then they rented out. And that was wrong. I mean, Britain, the United Kingdom took it. Whoa. The United Kingdom took it and, um, oh, shoot, I just got electrocuted. <laughs> um, the United Kingdom, my microphone just electrocuted me. So the United Kingdom took their ship when they shouldn't have and didn't give any excuse. So they started nabbing theirs. But what if I told you that now the United Kingdom yesterday made a plea to the United States to help them protect themselves from Iran? Did I not tell you that they want us to go to war? Did I not tell you that Rand Paul was already there and the ink is drying? Yes, I did. And this is where it's coming to fruition. So right after this break, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Somalia. We're going to talk about how they've been infiltrating what they're doing. But the last half hour of the next hour, we're going to talk about the Clinton body count because it's really important. A lot of people think that Jeffrey Epstein tried to take his life. He didn't. But it's great that it happened. I mean, he just wanted to get moved out of there. Why? Because at the Manhattan Correctional Center, nobody can infiltrate that. That is Trump stomping ground. He has nothing. No one will make him escape. No one will help him do anything. No one, no one, no one. And this is why El Chapo was complaining. So after this break, we're going to get into that too. And hopefully my microphone doesn't electrocute me again. <laughs> I'll see you guys all in just a bit. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. Tori. 
we'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So like I said, we're going to see how all of this is unfolding before we get into the Clintons. Uh, we're going to see how what we've been talking about for a very, very long time in regards to the Middle East and what's going on is unfolding before our eyes. Another thing that I wanted to say is, let me just say on Turkey, right? So they have the Malaysian uh, prime minister, the oldest guy ever, uh, visiting there since yesterday up until the 27th. Now, uh, the media has been posting photos uh, that are old photos saying that he's met with Erdogan. And then I noticed that they had like um, video footage of him visiting and, you know, what they're going to be discussing that I've been watching. And I noticed that... Um, it is old footage from other meetings. So I don't know what's going on and, you know, if he's alive or not. Regardless, we know that um, there's some serious issues going on. Uh, you know, Malaysia is a very, very strong uh, Muslim Brotherhood ally and uh, they're meeting up. Uh, we just found out um, yesterday that Germany just threw Turkey a bone by committing to build their Volkswagen um, car manufacturing center in Turkey uh, to show their support because Turkey has now alienated itself, even though, okay, listen to this, even though the EU is saying that they're going to be imposing sanctions on Turkey for what they're doing in the Eastern Mediterranean, okay, um, for some reason, they're also giving them business. So it's uber confusing. And like I said, what we're seeing is the front end of things, right? We're not seeing what's going on in the background. And uh, that's the most important thing we need to remember. We are not seeing what's going on in the background. And that's done on purpose. Of course, you're not supposed to know. You're not supposed to understand what is going on. So right now I'm going to play a clip from Al Jazeera where Rouhani from Iran hints Listen to this, that possible swapping of seized tankers may diffuse the situation with England. What did I say? Like, I'm psychic. There were two important firsts from Iran's president during this week's cabinet meeting. Since seizing the British-flagged oil tanker Stena Impero last Friday, Hassan Rouhani is the first Iranian official apparently suggesting an exchange for an Iranian oil tanker. The Grace One was impounded by Britain's Royal Marines three weeks ago. If British government leaders were to undo what Rouhani said were wrong actions in Gibraltar, they'd get a proportionate response from Iran. Does this signal a way for both countries to get their ships back? Perhaps not. Iran maintains its seizure was internationally legal because the British vessel violated maritime regulations. Britain denies that. 
The Strait of Hormuz is a very important location. It's neither a place for joking nor a place for a country to violate maritime rules. So the IRGC bravely sees this violating British tanker by force as it refused to take orders and follow regulations. We reiterate that we won't let anyone create disorder in this region. What has been done so far has been proportionate and professional. And while Iran has long maintained its rightful role as protector and policeman of the Strait of Hormuz, for the first time in recent memory, Rouhani said Iran is also the protector of another vital waterway. The Bab al-Mendeb Strait separates Yemen and Djibouti. The crucially important shipping lane connects the Gulf of Aden to the Red Sea and the Suez Canal. Countries close by, including Saudi Arabia and Egypt, are likely to see Rouhani's comments as overreach. The Iranian president's remarks appear to be part of a coordinated effort in recent weeks to let the international community know they should proceed with caution. After the Wednesday meeting, Defense Minister Amir Hatami also reaffirmed Iran's military capability, denying reports the U.S. shot down an Iranian drone in the Strait of Hormuz last week. None of our drones were shot down. They all completed their missions and returned to their bases safe and sound. The U.S. should present evidence, as we did when we hit the aggressor's drone. The U.S. pullout from the 2015 nuclear deal was followed by the reimposition of sanctions. Iran says the inability of the international community to help mitigate the economic fallout is a failure that's left Iranians feeling shortchanged. Despite all the tough talk, though, Iran's president left a little room for conciliation. As long as I'm in charge of the executive affairs of the country, he said, we are willing to talk. Hassan Rouhani is seen as a more moderate president. His term ends in two years. But the failure of the 2015 nuclear deal to deliver much-needed economic relief for Iran has made him deeply unpopular. Hardliners are poised to replace him. So Rouhani's message to world leaders might be that if you want to talk to Iran, now is the time. Zain Basravi, Al Jazeera, Tehran. So you remember how you know, three weeks ago, they stole that ship. And I'm not saying Iran's not the enemy. Don't get me wrong. I'm not an Iranian sympathizer in regards to the regime of, you know, being, you know, they're being held hostage. It's kind of like North Korea. You know, it's like, man, you made your bed. You agreed to this. But, you know, I kind of feel sorry for you because you're trapped kind of thing. Right. It's the same thing with Iran. And as we know, um, Rand Paul was there. The ink is drying. We're already discussing. But as you heard, they're pretty open to it. And as you heard, they said we never shot down another U.S. drone. Remember when the U.K. said that Iran shot down one of our drones and they attacked it? Remember how President Trump tweeted uh, that was false? Yeah. So it wasn't even the U.S. that said it. It was the U.K. intelligence, you know, and it wasn't us. And we know it. So Rand Paul has been there. Ink is drying. We're already getting it. And that parlay from Wuhani is showing some form of more of a surrender-ish and to allow us to reveal. And the thing is, England won't back down. Why? Because they're going to have to admit that they violated law, which they did, which they did. Iran also did. But on the other hand, I'm pretty sure that on that ship, there were other things there, hence the concern for the UK. That's why they said, hey, yo, you want to swap? I'm up for a swap and then we just call it quits and not do this again. Let's be adults. But the UK is not. Take a listen to what Britain is asking for. 
the United States and Iran are still rising. An American's closest ally was pulled into the fray when Iran seized control of a British tanker in the Gulf on Friday. CBS News correspondent MTS Tayeb has the latest from the United Arab Emirates. I just want to say, this is from CBS, and they started off with what? U.S. tensions with Iran are rising, right? This is what they're saying, that, that we're having tensions with them because the U.K. is calling for protection against Iran. Uh, no, that's not the way it works. Yeah, well, yet another sign Iran is really raising the stakes here. We've been hearing from Iran's Navy chief who says, and I quote here, that Iran has surveillance trained on every single U.S. vessel in the Gulf. Now, the revelation follows the U.K.'s announcement that it's forming a European-led maritime force to protect commercial shipping interests in the region following the dramatic seizure of a British flag tanker by Iranian commandos on Friday. Now Did you hear that? A European naval group. Oh, you mean like an EU army? Oh, like the one that Macron and Merkel said they need to defend themselves from China, the U.S. and Russia. Are you paying attention? Because I don't think a lot of people are. Now, Britain's foreign minister said the U.K. would not be joining a similar U.S.-led force because it didn't support President Trump's so-called maximum pressure campaign against Iran. But Iran's vice president is already hitting back, saying the international coalition will only add to insecurity in the region. Tensions soared on Monday after Iran's Ministry of Intelligence announced it broke up an alleged CIA spy ring consisting of 17 Iranian nationals sentencing some of them to death. Now, President Trump called the allegations lies and propaganda, but still didn't close the door on a possible meeting with Iranian leaders to work out some kind of deal. Um, did you see what they just did there? This is how fake news operates. Oh, the president said it was like fake news and it was propaganda and this didn't happen and we have tensions, but he didn't say that he's not willing to talk to them. He's already talked to them. Remember? Oh, my button's bigger than yours. Hello, guys. This is just a repeat and it's not the, you know, Far East version. It's the Middle East version. Now, regional analysts say Tehran has been turning up the temperature in what they're calling a calibrated way to try and force other countries to come to its side without provoking a major counter-reaction. And the strategy appears to be working. Just this morning, Iran said it would be attending an urgent meeting on Sunday with the country still party to its troubled nuclear deal. Now, the summit in Geneva is aimed at salvaging the Obama-era 2015 nuclear agreement, which President Trump withdrew from just last year and imposed crippling sanctions on Tehran, sanctions which have in part led to the dramatic tensions we're seeing now. Anne-Marie, Vlad. Okay, so now they closed it off with, hey, they're meeting up with the EU countries to talk about, you know, the remaining countries that are part of the deal to defuse this whole nuclear situation. But did you see how CBS was like, it's all Trump's fault because he pulled out of the agreement. <laughs> see, here's the thing. They tried to get us into war. They tried to instigate with the uh, IRGC guards, those CIA assets, right? Guards that Peter Strzok's daddy was so nice enough to implement. And then, right, they stole one of their ships to even fuel more anger. But, you know, we were like, yo, 
take it take it down a notch. We're not going to go in there. We're not going to go to war. Let them do their thing because it's all going to come out. It's going to be exposed that they're the ones saying, oh, protect us. Oh, do this. Well, they did. And what did we say? Uh, yeah. So, like, you took that ship and you shouldn't have. And we're not going to go say that out loud in public, but we all know it's true. And we all know it didn't have crude oil because it doesn't take you over 48 hours to determine that there's crude oil on that ship, does it? And so you made your bed, lie in it. So then, oh, look, they shot another U.S. drone. Oh, my gosh. President Trump's like, uh, no, they didn't. But, you know, all of Europe is saying it and all the mainstream media reported it. And obviously a week after the incident, our president's like, it's not true. Just like he said, the CIA agents, not true. All BS being pushed to drive a wedge and look at how craftfully the fake news media not only shows oh look our best ally is asking for help but you know instead of saying well we said no because they just orchestrated this themselves they said they're going to gather a EU navy to you know protect their ships oh, really uh, you mean you're gathering your EU army you mean you're supposed to be sanctioning Turkey for what they're doing in their aggressive stance and their Muslim Brotherhood actions and taking over your supposed EU states territory but you're also giving them money because they are the second largest army in military force in NATO and you need them to cover you in the Middle East. That's why you're buttering up with Volkswagen. And this is why you're going to be saying, well, we're going to be coming down there to the Middle East to protect our ships since America won't. And, you know, suddenly Iran's like, yeah, we'll talk about this nuclear deal so we don't have. Remember, the deadline passed, guys, right? Didn't it? Look at the look at what they're not telling you. The deadline passed. They supposedly have uranium now, right? They're supposedly this huge freaking threat, aren't they? They're supposed to be blowing people up, aren't they? Yet suddenly, no one's talking about, oh, you know, they're making enriched uranium, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. What did I say? Iran is not the problem. Now it's all coming to the surface. I, I said it in November. Turkey's going to be the one that sparks a war. And here we are again. And it's not just Turkey. I've already explained to you how Turkey and Qatar have created their block. How they've, you know, uh, gone into Libya and Tripoli and created a defense agreement. So now they're patrolling the middle of the Mediterranean freely with this agreement that for some reason the UN is backing. When are we pulling out of the UN, guys? And now we have our media painting the fact that this whole turmoil in Iran is happening because of President Trump. So it's going to be glorious when Iran is liberated. And they're going to have to eat their words again like they did for North Korea where they were telling us and terrorizing our nation for what a year that we're going to go into nuclear war and it's all President Trump's fault. Remember? Remember how they did that? Yeah, this is just a repeat. This is disgusting. It is disgusting. I don't even know how these people wake up in the morning and look at themselves in the mirror. When they know what they are saying is wrong. What they are saying is against what they're supposed to be doing. They're supposed to be there for the people. They're supposed to give you the facts and the news so that you can draw your conclusions. Here they are subliminally and very subtly telling you orange man bad. Okay. They're also now, you know, trying to take 
what I said, making Mueller look like, oh, he was off his game, maybe this, you know. They also wanted you to feel bad for Elijah Cummings. You know, he's had a walker, apparently, for a very long time, but it was the first time you saw him frail, walking away from the podium with a walker, you know, making you feel bad for him and then also thinking, why are you still in office? But this is what they are doing. They are manipulating the people And they've been doing that for a long time. And now they are getting craftier and craftier. I told you the UK wanted to pull us into war. And it's not just the UK, it's the EU. And you got to think, when is Boris Johnson's real face going to come out? I'm telling you, he's getting the brief now and we're going to see it all. Now, yesterday, while this Mueller hearing was happening, what did we have? We had huge discussions in the Senate about Turkey. I haven't been able to analyze the whole thing. I've been just like so extremely busy. Uh, like even today I'm working on, um, my lawsuit, um, and I'm volunteering. So it's going to be pretty crazy juggling the two. Um, I'm going to watch that, you know, maybe I'll just do a whole show on that pre-recorded for next week, unless it's actually pertinent. We talk about it, um, tomorrow or, um, Monday where I will have those two live shows it is guys this is incredible do you see how they're working I you know the one thing that I've always said when you are in the intelligence community it's not about being made of who you are right because you can always just whatever I get a desk job or I'll get into law enforcement or I'll just be a contractor I can't be a covert agent anymore the problem isn't that. The problem is learning their methods. Their methods of operation. This is their method. They, in that whole message, they express to you what is going on with Britain. Uh, you know, obviously, they don't want to say that, you know, um, they're at fault because they did it. And we talked about it. There was a whole show about it, how that ship was not what they said it was totally laughed at them and now I also told you last week how they're gonna put out a call for help and here we are today that yesterday they put that call for help out so this is all very calculated and so one has to wonder why so calculated maybe let's listen to Brian Hook and see what he has to say to the Iranian people because how cool is it that the Department of State upon the return of Rand Paul puts out this. Oh, and not a lot of people have heard this because they don't want you to know. ...to the Iranian people to dispel myths about U.S. sanctions that continue to be promoted by the Iranian regime. The last time the United States imposed sanctions on the Iranian regime in 2012 Iran's leaders made many of the same claims it is making today. Myth number one, the United States sanctions medical supplies going to the Iranian people. The truth is that the United States exempts medicine and medical devices for the Iranian people from U.S. sanctions. Under our laws, a general license is in place today that allows medical devices to be exported from the United States to the Iranian people. The United States has a great respect for the people of Iran and does not seek to prevent them from accessing medical supplies or care. The Iranian people know all too well that the real issue preventing access is the regime itself. There are already whispers throughout the Iranian medical community that the regime and entities affiliated with the IRGC 
or hoarding drugs and other critical medical products that they can then sell at marked up prices for profit. Myth number two, the United States sanctions agricultural products to Iran. The truth is we don't sanction agricultural products to Iran. This can be seen in our open and available regulations on the Treasury's OFAC website. Myth number three, the U.S. sanctions technology used for communication in Iran. The truth is that the United States does not sanction hardware, software, or services related to personal communications. Unlike your regime, we believe strongly in the free flow of communication and information. For example, your foreign minister comes to America to enjoy press freedoms. Maybe someday he will let you enjoy them. You deserve access to information and to be able to communicate with each other and the world. Your regime disagrees with me. And finally, myth number four, the U.S. blocks humanitarian aid from reaching the Iranian people. The truth is that the United States maintains broad exceptions for humanitarian aid. In fact, the U.S. has offered humanitarian aid to the people of Iran many times in the past. And these offers have been repeatedly rejected by the regime because they care more about advancing their ideology than the well-being of their own people. The truth about sanctions is this. The United States sanctions bad actors in the Iranian regime, not medical supplies, agricultural products, communication devices, or humanitarian aid intended for the Iranian people. President Trump is committed to supporting the people of Iran and hopes one day for a better future between our two peoples, where our two countries could have diplomatic ties restored and the brightest minds in our countries could work to solve problems for the Iranian people and for the benefit of the world. Thank you for listening. Oh dear, how come that wasn't um, talked about? I mean, how is it that that happened and it wasn't, I think we did something similar to North Korea, didn't we? Yeah, we did. So this is where we need to be paying attention. I've said it so many times. Look at what the leaders are saying. Look at what is really going on. Look at their words. Don't look at the media because I just broke down that segment of CBS where you would have not even thought twice, be like, okay, it's pretty, pretty, pretty benign. No, it's not. It was underlying to attack the president. But here's the thing. The Muslim Brotherhood is what is going down. Yesterday, there was a whole thing where Qatar was involved in, you know, um, motivating and putting attacks in Somalia and uh, the actual Somalis that are not Al-Shabaab, right? That are the Somalis that actually believe that they're going to get a democracy because, you know, their president now is Farmejo, which is Farmajo, uh, which is like a cheese head in, um, that's what they call him. His name is President Abdullahi and he's there. He's trying to fix it. Right now, there is a silent coup going on. His prime minister, who's the second in command is Ilhan's um, brother-in-law are trying to overthrow this president. Al-Shabaab has been more aggressive. Qatar has infiltrated. The Muslim nations are really, really upset. Why? Because they are infiltrating and penetrating the ideology of extreme Islamic terrorism. This is something that they don't want because it makes them all look bad. They don't need things like this because it makes them all look bad. I mean, think about it. Yes, Islam as a religion in general, you know, infidels, whatever. 
but bottom line is a lot of them are just kind of like tourist Muslims. Um, uh, a lot of them, you know, just, you know, like to keep to themselves and, you know, they'll find gratification with Allah later. A lot of them just want to get on with it and just stop. This is just done. You're weaponizing us. You're making us all look bad. We don't want it. And I've told you about Qatar and Turkey working in Libya. Or didn't I say hand in hand? Well, now they're in Somalia. Now they're in Kenya. Take a listen to what Rand Paul had to say about Ilhan Omar quickly before we break. Town where we have a lot of people who are refugees who have come, some from Somalia, some from Bosnia. I've never heard one of them say that America's a terrible place or be a, a unappreciative of our country. Most of them are thankful. I've met people who have come here from behind the Iron Curtain that got away from communism. They're some of the best Americans we have because they really appreciate how great our country is. And then I hear Representative Omar say, oh, America's a terrible place. I'd love to be justice and there's no justice here. It's like... Well, she came here and we fed her, we clothed her, she got welfare, Preach. she got school, she got health care, and then lo and behold, she has the honor of actually winning uh, a seat in Congress, and she says we're a terrible country. I think that's about as ungrateful as you can get. And so while I'm not saying we forcibly send her anywhere, I'm willing to contribute to buy her a ticket to go visit Somalia, and I think she could look and, and maybe learn a little bit about the disaster that is Somalia that has no capitalism, has no God-given rights guaranteed in a constitution, and has about seven different tribes that have been fighting each other for the last 40 years. And then maybe after she's visited Somalia for a while, she might come back and appreciate America more. So true. But, you know, she's been to Somalia. We have pictures of her with closed door meetings with the previous president who, by the way, was barred from entry under the Trump administration to the United States and with the with the current president who she stomped for. Right. She campaigned for a foreign president. But again, comes back to Turkey comes back to the Muslim Brotherhood. And that tomorrow, guys, will be the elaborate discussion. So now, right after this break, we're going to delve into the Clinton body count, the Clinton cartel. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's one 800 
800-961-9194, promo code REDSTATE. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory. So we see that on Twitter, we have the Clinton body count trending. And everyone on the left is scathing. How dare it uh, trend? How disgusting it is that it's trending. This is, you know, this is what um, they're putting out there. They're upset. And, you know, the only reason it is trending is why. Because Jeffrey Epstein was found on the floor of his cell, uh, supposedly with marks around his neck, unconscious or conscious, you know, stories vary. And everyone immediately is like, whoa, maybe he was suicided. Maybe it was an attempt of suicide uh, by the Clintons. They needed to take him out. Well, yeah, one might say that, but I'll, I'll tell you something about people like Jeffrey Epstein. He's too vain to take his life. He owns a lot of people's behinds across the world. He knows he can negotiate. So him taking himself out is a no. Him getting attacked is a yes. But he's not comfortable where he is. Now, would the Clintons try to take him out? Of course. Can they in the Manhattan Correctional Facility? They can't. Manhattan Correctional Center... <laughs> is not somewhere they can go through. This is why we held El Chapo there. There is no private prison where you can buy this guy and that guy and the next guy. No, no. But the thing is, he's he's uncomfortable, kind of like El Chapo was. How many times did El Chapo file? I don't like the water here. It doesn't taste good. I need bottled water. I don't like this here. It's not good. I want this. I don't like that food. I want to order my own food. These sheets are not, you know, the right thread count. And I'm getting a rash. You know, they're making all these excuses because here's how it works. When you want to escape, right, you're not going to try to escape from a prison. I mean, El Chapo did, right? He had a tunnel and everything and people did it for him, you know. President Nieto of Mexico really helped out on that. But you need to be in a place where you can actually do something. So, for example, if he was to be able to order his own bottled water, he may have contacts all the way up to, I don't know, Nestle. I don't drink their water, by the way. Or let's say Fiji water or whatever water, okay? XYZ water. 
and he knows the people he knows someone who knows someone in that company and then he makes sure that that company uh, creates you know a case of water that gets delivered to some certain place and then when it gets picked up by the guards of you know the Manhattan Correctional Center because they know they get the supplies from there and it's going to be so highly specific that he's going to get it and that water gets him sick or something or makes his white blood cell count look really high suddenly they have to move El Chapo to like a hospital because he needs treatment you can't have him in the prison if he needs aggressive therapy because it looks like he has leukemia or you can't keep him in the facility if it looks like he's got you know some kind of poisoning or sepsis you can't this is why they're complaining so Jeffrey's attempt was not to kill himself, was maybe to frame his neighbor in the cell, which happens to be a dirty cop, you know, from California that was selling cocaine, you know. Oh, by the way, speaking of cocaine, did you guys know that Bill Clinton's half-brother, who was part of this whole Mina thing in the 80s that went to jail, was pardoned by him? I just thought I'd throw that in. Um, but yeah, speaking of Jeffrey Epstein, nope. He didn't try to kill himself. Nope, the Clintons didn't get to him because they would have gotten to El Chapo first. He wants to be transferred. You know, he's already put an appeal for the no bail. So he thinks that there's going to be a way that he is going to be able to get out of it. He does. He has his hopes because he probably owns the judges too. I mean, really? You think he doesn't? I say that he does. So he's pretty confident that something's going to be worked out. But on the other hand, he doesn't want to be there. Maybe he needs to go get sick somewhere. You know, maybe he did what he did because he wanted to be transferred to a more low security facility, maybe get looked at after, you know, maybe have some civilian come in, someone that's not specific, or maybe get medicine that he accidentally has an allergic reaction to and has to be transferred to a hospital. And then while he's in the hospital... Suddenly he disappears. You know, this is how these things work. So the Clintons didn't try to take him out, but it was great that it's, you know, trending. The thing that um, the Clintons have been doing for decades now is manipulating the people, using people as cattle, as collateral to make money. This is back from Mina, right, where they made billions, if not millions, $100 million were missing. You know, Noriega was pissed, where my money turned out Arkansas was where that money pit fell and they blamed it on a, you know, covert CIA pilot that was flying back and forth. And Barr knows that all too well. He was on that plane. He was the one meeting with Noriega. He was the one trying to find out where this money went. And he wasn't talking with Reagan either. He was talking to Bush 41 who has met his maker and is paying a dear price. See, one thing I want to say is, your prayer is the only thing that can save your soul. And people need to understand that th at the end of the day, you have two choices. You can either believe that there is a God and live your life knowing that you have something coming to you after, that you have to be honest, you have to live a righteous type life as well as you can because you will have to account for that in the future. Or you can live thinking there is no God. And then when you die, you find out there is one wishing you lived as if you believe there is one, right? So because if you die and there is no God, but you believed in God, that's fine. You don't lose anything. But if you die living a life where you didn't believe in God and then find out there is one, 
you know, or if you thought you were immortal, like Bush 41 and some other people. Okay, so going back to the Clinton bounty count. We've got them racking up notches on their belt, taking people out left and right. Epstein, yes, target. Did they do it? No, they didn't. But what they did do, and I put out a thread yesterday, is take out a specific investigator. Now, I've said this before, that people that work as contractors, that are in the FBI, that are in the NSA, NRO, wherever they are in the government, usually come from other walks of life. They get trained. They, for example, you could be a manager of, um, you know, an Applebee's. So you know retail, right? And then you decide you're going to join the FBI and you crack down on money laundering through what? Restaurant chains, because that's your thing. You know restaurant chains, right? So what if you're a Wall Street broker? That means you know money, you know movement, you know hedge funds, you know how shell companies work, you know how investments work, you know how Ponzi schemes work, right? You know how balloons go, you can read graphs, right? You're, you're the best. Uh, Cincinnati was a former Wall Street broker, stockbroker, made some money. Obviously, you know, by 2010, the market was so dead, life support was being nice. He um, joined the FBI in 2010. So apparently, he was at a bar partying with a bunch of other FBI agents and all of them were drinking, dancing, and suddenly he pulled out his own gun and shot himself right there in the crowded dance floor. Now I'm going to tell you what. Every single agent that was with him must be interrogated. Every single agent that was present that, or whoever gave the testimony that he turned the gun on himself must be held to the highest scrutiny. Because one thing that um, Cincinnati was doing is what I've been kind of introducing to you guys. Money. Money, money, money in Texas. I did a whole thread yesterday. I put out all this stuff because I want other people to start looking into it. I want other people to start investigating. I want other people to start pulling things in their own states. Because it turns out, you know, we saw that picture of Epstein and Bill Clinton in the early 90s, you know, that really young looking picture. Yeah, that was when they were discussing the Ponzi scheme. So um, Hoffman. So, OK, let me let me let me go back. So we all know Epstein has a story. Right. He has a story, a specific story in regards to how much money he made. Tons of money. Right tons he got investments for Wexner he's got all of this but how did he make a lot of his money you guys that's what you have to think about how did he make a lot of his money he did it by investing right so what people don't seem to understand that one of the biggest Ponzi schemes that had happened back in the days before he got with um, the Clintons before he got with them he actually got with others and he did exactly what Enron was and was found doing. It was the same, same plan laid out. It was a Ponzi scheme. 
a Ponzi scheme that stole money from who? Hardworking Americans. Hardworking Americans. Their money stolen. Right? But it happened before. That's the thing. See, what we saw come to fruition from uh, the um, Enron scandal was identical. It was spot on identical with no other, you know, uh, nothing else to tell you on that is it was spot on with a previous facade charade scam that he did in the past. This is not new. And it was stated. It was put out there. Hoffman, he said it. Hoffenberg said the scheme of Enron was exactly, he was the only one that went to jail. He swore under testimony. He went to court, he went to jail, and now he's out. And Hoffenberg, what did he say? Epstein did the whole thing. He set up the Ponzi scheme. I was the guy that put all the cash up front. I'm the one that fell. He said it. Look it up. His name is Hoffenberg. Okay? I can spell it. H-O-F-F-E-N-B-E-R-G. Go to DuckDuckGo, put that in the word Epstein, and you'll see. He created the Enron scheme. He fine-tuned it with the Clintons, and they created the Clinton Energy Partners. Now, you know what's funny is, after I mentioned this on my show over a week ago, you know, now when you Google Clinton Energy um, Management Services, it doesn't come up, Right. It doesn't come up, um, you know, so that you can see it uh, easily. You have to go digging. Now some weird company like Torch comes up. But the address, the address that is there, the address that um, is present. Okay. For the Clinton Energy Partner um, Management Services is exact. A hundred percent exact as Enron's. They made bank. So what were they doing in Texas? Mm. So I'm retweeting my thread that was unrolled by ThreadApp. The 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 thread read app. Uh, it's really interesting because I'm putting out information so you guys can see it. I've already told you guys how Ohio suddenly revived this Enron case and asking asking them to purge it. I'm also showing you a specific address in Dublin, Ohio for Clinton Energy Management Services. How much how much are you willing to see? Do you know that one of those addresses is registered to Les Wexner? Oh yeah. So here is where it gets down and dirty. This agent supposedly committed suicide in the middle of a, of, of a dance floor. He was a special agent into complex financial crimes. I think I told you guys that I've been sending all this information to people for months, right? This is what I'm trying to explain, is that they don't care about the pedophilia. How many times have I told you that? They don't care about the rape. They don't care that you know that this is spiritual warfare. This is good versus evil. What they do with these children, what they do with even adults or babies that are being born in temples on beds, not gyms, not gyms, 
is not about anything else but spiritual warfare. There, you know, and this is a little bit hard for a lot of people to swallow because the best trick that the devil ever played on us is to make us believe that he does not exist. And this is something that is beyond us to be able to comprehend in the reality that we have manufactured. I mean, if anyone tells you that they're a time traveler, they're crazy. What makes you believe that it's not? If anyone tells you that, you know, there's a woman who's an artist and does all these parties that are creepy and disgusting, yet her bio says that she's in her 70s, but she doesn't look a day over 45. When people tell you that there's pop-up restaurants, there's one very specific one in California that cook human meat that's donated. One will say that's crazy. That's not. Yes, but it's true. See, because it is all about telling people how it's a conspiracy theory. I'm glad the Clinton body count is coming up because it's time to unseal Epstein, not just about the kids, not just about the poor women, not just about his creepy island where they would eat, you know, assail, beat, cook, burn, dispose of humans, but about who is implicated, how they're implicated, and what is really underlying. See, that's how cocky they are. They're doing it right under your nose and they're laughing at you while they do it. All you have to look is at their body language, the way they look at you, the way they talk to you. Uh, I urge you to see old videos of Hillary Clinton, old videos of Bill Clinton, videos of Epstein talking and look at the way they look at the people that they're addressing. It's so condescending. The Clinton body count really we don't even, we're not even close to the numbers it should be, okay? People will be like 40, 50. I'm going to tell you, it's way past, you know, the three-digit mark, even four-digit. I would go into the five-digit because there are so many unknown names, so many unknown faces that have fallen under that notch belt, and they will be held accountable. It's inevitable. It is inevitable, that's what people need to understand. It is inevitable. I just want to know how this young man who is smart, quick on his feet, had a funny accent. No, he didn't. He had a broker accent. But he was um, he was murdered. He, was, he did not commit suicide. And, you know, he worked in complex financial investigation because there are people that are still sitting in our government in federal positions that made bank on Enron. There are people in our government that helped release and pardon the people responsible for this. There are people sitting in Congress, the Senate, the FBI, the State Department that all know about this and Mueller will be paying for this. This is why I played stupid yesterday. They will all pay for this. It's pretty sad, though. Think about it. You know, this was a really strong message, too. 
to the rest of the FBI. You pick, you probe, you're done. And I'll tell you what, one test for all of you that listened to my show last week and maybe punched in Clinton Energy Management Services. I dare you to go to DuckDuckGo right now and you will see that practically nothing will come up. Maybe in like a cache, like paragraph, but the searches will come up with something completely different. Every screenshot that I've put up on that thread, and I've archived a lot, I've printed out a lot of this stuff, you know, to PDF, of course, and stored them in the Chan space, on drives, on secure boxes, the whole nine yards. Tell you what, they're not there anymore. You cannot find it anymore. The majority of the things that I found, you cannot find. Look at my thread. They've purged them. They are purging them. Now that purge was already done, but I'm telling you, they have purged it. They went back and they were like, damn it, someone spoke about it. We got to cover this. And suddenly Cicinelli is gone because I even said I've given it to them. They know it. Where's Ohio? No one contacted me back from Ohio. I clearly think that they've blocked my number because now it just rings and I don't even get any like voicemail. Think about it. How many of you out there right now are listening from Ohio? How many of you have the cojones to walk down to your public utilities and say, I want to see the minutes that made you decide that... Here is the reason why we're discussing to close this Enron case and purge it. What prompted them? I know what prompted them. It was me. It was me. It was the Federal Bureau of Investigation. It was me, me, me. Why? I sent all my information to the authorities. I never published anything online without sending it to someone who's sending it to someone who's sending it to someone. Sometimes I just mail it off too. Never do I publish something or talk about something that I haven't shared yet to the people that need to be seeing this. Kind of like Ilhan Omar. You know, when I was putting down together about her closed door meetings and the Rouhani, I talked about it before I published it because I knew my people were listening, my fans, my listeners, the people that want the truth, the people that want transparency were listening, but I had already sent that out to the right people. And isn't it funny how I was talking about it and only 24 hours later, boom, from the White House on Ilhan. See, things happen the way they're supposed to happen. You, me, your neighbor, all my listeners, people on Twitter, it's you that make things happen. Because it's up to us to be active. It's up to us to hold them accountable. And the Clinton body count, so glad it's there. <laughs> and you see how capital punishment, right, came back? First thing I thought of is, if he got selected, we all hang. Yeah, you do. Because it's coming. Anybody seen eyes on Obama? Any eyes on Hillary Clinton? I don't see any. Where are they? See... It's all coming down now. It's all about unseal Epstein. And they're all setting up this, uh, you know, parlay. Wasn't it Shiffy? Shiffy boy. Shiffy has got some really big problems coming out of California with $70 million worth of missing money from public works. Isn't it always public utilities, public works? Biggest, biggest scammers of people's money, right? <laughs> biggest. Hmm? Suddenly they're telling you that the Horowitz report is going to be tainted because it's politically biased. Are you kidding? 
No one allowed us to say that the Mueller report was politically biased and tainted when you had Hillary's hammer smasher on the team. Or Peter Strzok, the email diffuser. The one that was sending information. Guys, I posted this about the U.S. Treasury chick. And she was Department of Energy, so she's in, in embroiled in what Uranium One. Her job from the Department of Energy to the Department of Treasury was to what funnel out the money exchanges of Uranium One. That's why she was there. Go to torysays.com, type in the word Priya, P-R-I-Y-A. That's it. And you'll see how I have documentation that Peter Strzok was keeping someone at the Department of Treasury that had nothing to do with Hillary Clinton emails, keeping them abreast and informed about what? The Clinton email investigation. What? Why are you letting them know? Like, how does the Department of Treasury tie into this? Wait a minute, holy. This chick is now a lawyer in Chicago in one of the firms that, you know, backs all of you clowns and Comey. And before that, she worked at the Department of Energy overseeing Uranium One. And at the Department of Treasury, she oversaw all transactions that had to do with energy. So she was what? The eraser at the Department of Treasury as the general counsel there? Think about it. See, this is the stuff we need to be talking about. Hey, Peter Strzok, why are you advising the Department of Treasury about the mid-year exam? What business does she have? She's busy with Uranium One. These are the things that need to be discussed. These are the things that we need to be bringing to the table. Clinton body count, that's old news. That's in the five-digit at least space. But it's ex- excellent because now Unseal Epstein has gone viral with the Clinton body count. Everybody knows she's guilty. Everyone knows she's disgusting. Everyone knows what a crook, what a thief, and what a malign person she is. She is not a good person. She never was. And you can only see from her actions, her reactions, and what she has produced in her lifetime in politics She's been in, what, 30-plus years, and she's done nothing but cause death, destruction, and corruption. That is the bottom line. That is what we need to remember. Now, going forward, we're going to see how this Epstein thing plays out, right, guys? Because it's going to be really, really interesting. I'm pretty much... um, pretty excited to see how it's going to pan out to be honest with you and he's probably going to get himself a deal cut if he hands over everyone but will he i mean he's 66 insane number well i'm going to go off and i'm going to wish you guys a great evening and god bless from all of us here at red state see you tomorrow Town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in DC, but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there.